You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Wolfgang Peterson's childhood adventure classic, The Neverending Story. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. We're your host. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am doing wonderful, sir. We also have another cinematographer, Mr. Mike Griggs. How's it going? It's going. And we have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello. Guys, are you ready for the Never Ending Podcast? Never Ending Podcast! <laughs> oh, obviously I am, Brian. Let me tell you what, guys. This is the trippiest fucking movie I've seen in a while. Beyond, um, what is it? Um, Return to Oz? I haven't seen that in a while. I need to rewatch I mean, even, that, dude. Even Beyond Labyrinth? I think that was. Yeah, See, Labyrinth felt what? like lighthearted compared to this. Really? Really? I feel like the stakes. Yeah, I feel like the stakes here are like really raised. Like the danger level here is raised. I didn't like, even cry in Labyrinth. I cried twice in this movie. Wait, what was the second time? I mean, oh man, for some for some reason at the end when she's like, just say my name, I got so emotional. Like I was like, you know, and I, I don't know if he it was, was my like was in in, my inner, if it was like my inner six year old was like, oh, 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 just say Moonchild already, you know. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay. So was Moonchild Bastion's mother's name? That is what they said. Yes. Yeah. And that is a very interesting name for a mother to have. She was a hippie. Well, you know, she was very a hippie, much bro. so. And very I mean, much you know. So. <laughs> I, you know, you kind of have to wonder it, with a mom that has a name like Moonchild and a dad that, 
eats raw eggs in his orange juice in the morning and then sits his son down to say, get your head out of the clouds, nine-year-old. Like, <laughs> and how did that relationship heart. ever work? Like, well, I just want to know. I don't know. I have a friend who was raised, her mom was a hippie, and she, like, grew up on a commune in California, and she's married to, wow. like, a soft, uh, he does software for Google, like, and he's very, like, straight-laced like that, too. So, I mean, it can happen. Opposites attract sometimes, man. I get it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> That's why I try to be the most opposite of everybody, so maybe I'll attract someone. <laughs> You're just hoping <laughs> someone at some point has got to think. Hey, I'm different than you. <laughs> most people are like, oh, I, I can find some common ground. Jared's like, motherfucker, no, listen, no, 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 different. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. He's <laughs> just always combative. <laughs> Oh, all right. The second time uh, we've had uh, Wolfgang Peterson uh, film uh, this year, as a matter of fact, because we did uh, Outbreak. Outbreak. Earlier. You know, at the beginning of our of our COVID season. Oh yeah, season. goodness. First English language movie. That's got to be tough. I'm always impressed by that. Wait, how can you say the first? I mean, this this. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about this one or Outbreak? No, I'm talking about Never Ending Story. Was his first English language? Oh movie. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, which is pretty crazy because you know it's a German film, right? And then they. Doing everything English. Well, they dubbed some of it because some of the actors didn't speak English. Although, like the the guy that plays the Oompa Loompas and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory that yeah. rides the snail in this yeah. movie, I know he speaks English, and it's like, why did they dub him? Yeah. Well, it's they actually weird. have different they have different actor uh, dubs for him depending on where the movie is released. Really? So the one that we hear, he he sounds like a very proper British person, uh, but if you get an overseas version uh, of it. He's got a little bit of a squeaky voice when he talks. That's Same an lines. Interesting artistic choice. It's 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 just a it's just a different performance, hmm. which is really weird. And in Russia, he sounds like "Hello, comrade." He, he's super fucking angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rock biter, you know. <laughs> it's a <laughs> man. I don't know. The, the the movie is like it's it's. It's so stylistic and it's shot really well and, and like they do these incredible camera moves and I don't know man it's 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 a it's I was super impressed with it watching it this time and I, I hadn't really watched it much since I was a kid but this is one of those movies that I was like totally like enamored with as a kid I think I think this was a lot of people's like movie you know in the in the early nineties yeah I had a I mean, lot of friends was, was that who y'all's were always experience? talking about this movie I never saw it when I was a kid the first time I watched it was um, two summers ago with my kids. And, and like I was crying through the whole thing and they fucking loved it. <laughs> this time I was a little bit less connected to it somehow, but yeah, the first time I watched it, it was it was quite moving. I remember the I remember the Artax uh horse scene being like really traumatic like and when you talk to anyone about this movie, that's what they always bring up. They're like, Oh my god, fucking Artax But like, you know, uh we didn't even really get a chance to know Artax. No, he's just the horse. <laughs> like, it yeah, feels like he's, like he's, he's like an kind of, animal, bro. He's, like, uh, he's a whole montage in this well, movie. No, 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 and no, then no, they no, kill no. him Appa- off, and you're like, oh no. Apparently, in the book, he can speak. He actually, he actually has conversations. But um, oh, I didn't realize this was in Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep cut. No, <laughs> no but uh, but like, uh, it, it's crazy how how people can get attached so quickly to something and it, and it sticks in their head is like watching this horse commit suicide basically. And with this, this like kid freaking out and all that. But as an adult watching, it was like, wow, we never really got to even see their relationship. Like we pretty much just set up that he has this horse 
And then the horse dies, and it's such a big deal. I think they should have pushed that about 30 minutes in, like 30 minutes later. Dude, that's this whole movie, man. This whole movie is like a series it's, of, like, trippy-ass <laughs> vignettes, bro, with, like, fucking German acid trips, <laughs> where the director's like, yeah, we're going to have this rock monster. It's going to come in for one fucking scene. We'll see it again He's at the that, end. Those, those scenes. Yeah, yeah. It'll show up <laughs> but they're the great man. scenes. Yeah. They're great scenes, though. They're excellent scenes. But why did we get introduced, like, to Fantasia through characters that... We're never going to see again. Well, they're back in episode... It's just trippy. It's all trippy shit. I don't think the characters are the point. The point is the journey and what you're going through. It's the human life. It's life. That's the point. Yeah, but, you know, usually in, you know, a story we like, you know, we're trying to go on a thematic message and, you know, like every there, everything's there to support that, you know, we're moving forward. He is moving forward. He meets the next character. If he just stayed with the rock monster, (laughs) you're not going to have a movie. (laughs) <laughs> it, it is weird how that whole scene like you know we, we meet the rock biter and, and that whole crew and then they're like all right well let's get out of here right and then there's this really weird so everybody takes off running and then the uh the rock biter hangs out for a minute and he's like i think i'll pick up some of these like gourmet rocks and take them on <laughs> and so like he he sits there for a minute and then he looks up and he's like Oh, fuck. The nothing. And then there's like all this noise and then it cuts. A really terrible hard cut, you know, it, it, to them. And now they're, you know, coming upon the uh, the ivory castle or the ivory tower. It, there's there's re- there's t- two really bad cuts in the movie that are like that. It's like right there. And then there's yep. another time where there's like a lot of really noise and then it just boom goes to silence. It's, it's just like it's like it felt like there were scenes missing. Well, there or, were, or, they, or they just there was seven minutes missing from the film. Uh, oh really? Uh, so uh, it is a German film, and they had Steven Spielberg recut it for American audiences, and he cut out seven minutes to adjust wow. the pacing. Wow! I want I want my seven minutes back. No, no, no! You really don't. I went through and like just <laughs> uh, just read what they cut out, and no, you don't want to see it. Did, it's did, like did you so know and so Steve... walked down here to do this, and it was like what, what? I like that okay. though. Leave that in. Let 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 me breathe in the world a little bit longer, Brian. I love this world. This there world is, is beautiful. A, a similar thing where they, uh, I don't know if they cut early, I don't know if this is a missing scene or what it was, but when he has to confront himself in the Hall of Mirrors, and that's how he gets past the Sphinxes, Sphinxes, um, Sphinx Eye. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the plural is. Sphinx <laughs> uh, Like, the, whoever's talking about it is like, oh, he's not, you know, this is such a hard thing. This is where, you know, warriors find out that they're actually really scared and he this is how he finds out like who he actually is inside and i was really excited because it was you know he's going to confront like his shadow kind of that he doesn't really you know focus on and then nothing happens and he just walks past the sphinx and i'm like yeah that felt way too easy right (laughs) no he saw he saw the reflection of the kid reading the story yeah he he saw bastion he saw he saw himself and then bastion has has a freak out well, they're talking about Bastion in that moment. Yeah. So, okay, fine. So not a, not he, a realizes, he realizes, well, I mean, they're talking about both. I mean, that's kind of, and whoever's watching it, right? I mean, because we're supposed to be on this journey, too. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm sure you had no so, development. I guess, well, fine. <laughs> but <laughs> that's where he's supposed to realize, yes, that he and Bastion are sort of the same, um, just different. But I feel like there still should be some sort of recognition if he's like, oh, I'm actually the scared kid who's, you know, not able to grieve, then I feel like there still should have been something there. He was what, just what like... What do you mean he's not... What? What was part? 
What do you, what do you mean he's not able to grieve? Bastion? His, he his can't. Oh, Bastion. I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were talking about Atreyu. No, 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 no. Bastion. Yeah. So if he realizes that's who he actually is, or if that's an, a, a facet of himself, I feel like there should be more to it. He shouldn't just like look at it and be like, oh, cool. Now I can keep going. There was no confrontation of the shadow self, you know, which is yeah, what I was promised yeah, it, in the scene it, setup. So it, 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 sh- it should have been way more like it was a little bit of a letdown that scene. Like, you know, you build up the whole first gate, you know, where, you know, the Sphinx is the Sphinxies, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you have to get past them and then they, they blast you. And, and but the second one just seemed like way too simple to get there. Yeah, it, because well, because yeah, because he, he built it up. He's like, this is the worst one. This is this is way worse. Yeah, and <laughs> and the little elf guy is like watching him through the telescope. I don't know what that guy was, whoever he was. It's like he's like watching him through the telescope. He's like, this is going to be terrible. Let me see what happens. <laughs> he's, a he's, a, he's a little scientist. Yeah, he's a scientist. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, l- the little elf scientist just hanging out in a cave. Yeah, that's as you do. do, as you do. <laughs> Every elf that I've ever met hangs out in caves, so I don't see what the problem is. Maybe he's just really interested in the oracle's breasts. Did anybody else notice these giant breasts that these oracles had? <laughs> yeah. That this is, yes. this is a children's movie, yeah, and there's like these really great close-up shots. Okay, like, did, you, <laughs> did you see that the author of the book called those the breasts the whole body of the of the oracles? And he's like, this is the greatest embarrassment. <laughs> the whole movie. Oh really? <laughs> what what do they look like in the book? Does anyone know? I haven't no. read the book. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't even know this was based on a book because if you look at the opening credits, there's no fucking mention of it. Okay, that's because, because the author, because name on the author was sued. like, I don't want my name on this anymore. And, and then he ended up putting it in the credits, but it's in really small uh, small type. <laughs> well, he sued him, but then he lost because he had sold the rights. Yeah. yeah. Because they changed the fucking end? Like, what no, a dick. There was a, no, they no, only, they was only a did the first half of the book. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they changed a, a lot. Huge amount. Well, yeah. look, I... For what they were planning to do, like, that's exactly how we do, like, for Dune right now, right? They're going to release Dune. That's going to be a piece of the book. That's what they did with Lord of the Rings, right? You know? Yeah. Like, they're not giving you the whole thing in one movie. I don't see what the, the problem with that is. You know, that makes perfect sense. And, from, I don't know, from the little Wikipedia synopsis that I read, it sounded pretty similar. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you, you changed the end and you did this part and you suit. I don't know. It just seemed like the writer just went really dramatic with it. Probably he, that but was like, his masterpiece. Also, yeah, that was his baby. <laughs> yeah. He sold the rights. I mean, like, come on, you're making Okay, your but butt. initially he was involved. Like he was involved in and like very I don't know. And and then when like I don't I don't know, clearly there were creative differences. And so yes, that's when he sued them and tried to get it stopped. Wolfgang Peterson was like all directors and was like, you know what, writer, get the fuck out of here. Your work is done. <laughs> we don't we don't need your kind writing words on sets. We're here for pictures. That does happen to writers a lot, but I don't know. It does. What are you gonna do? It's not your movie anymore. Move on. <laughs> you were the author of the book, not the film. That's, That's right. True though. <laughs> guy got a, guy got a little dramatic. Suen seems a little uh, little crazy. I don't know. I think I think I what's crazy is didn't it take like a year to film all of this didn't it take up to a year i think they shot that one scene with artax dying for like seven weeks yeah (laughs) well because they had to train the horse to like stand there while they were you know yeah trying to drown it (laughs) yeah (laughs) while he was physically pulling on his face yeah, for sure. We had to train the animal to fight, not fight death. Yeah, it, it had the scared look in his eyes. It, it, Dude, it, it did. did a good job. I mean, it yeah. was 
between that and the the narrative voiceover talking about it's all depression and the horse just decides to not go on it's like man can you guys get a little bit more subtle because damn don't give in to the darkness artex (laughs) it is the swamp of sadness i love the swamp of sadness because yes I mean, the horse dies, and that's sad. But you know, the whole the whole thing, the whole time, the whole time he's going, it's the swamp of sadness. And he's like, "Well, we can we can beat it because we're just going to keep going. It's not a big deal." And then he can't. His horse dies, and he sits there and he cries. And I was like, "See, this is the swamp of sadness. You can't just like walk through. Like you have to treat it with respect, right? Sure. Like." And I feel like again with like as it is representing depression and mental health, you know, there's so many people when you, when you say something like, Oh, I'm depressed. And they're like, well, don't be sad. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you a happy story. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's Let me tell nice. you a joke. Uh, well, that helps out a lot. Depression is. I had a, had a problem with that scene initially, uh, because they talked about how, you know, if you, if you get sad, then the, uh, swamp will take you over. Right. Well, Atreyu's best fucking friend just died. And that's not sad enough to suck you down into the bog. Well, but then when I was thinking about it, I was like, maybe yeah. it's because he's, he's, he's wearing the Oren. Maybe the Oren protecting him from being, you know, from his sadness, possibly. Yeah. Because they, 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 there's a shot that they show when he cuts in on the, when he's sitting there crying. They start at, at, a, at just where the Oren's the bottom of the frame and they push into his face. So I don't know. That's interesting. I thought that the reason he was able to get through it was because he sat there and cried and expressed his emotions and expressed his grief. And that is what also enabled Bastion to really cry and express his grief, which he did for the first time. Yeah, I read it that that way as well. I didn't think about the medallion, though. Yeah, I didn't think about the medallion, but that was how... Like once he expressed himself, like he sat there and gave into it. He didn't try and fight it. He was like, I know I'm going to be sad. And that, when he got it out, was able to move on. Hmm. But, I mean, maybe the medallion offered helps. Well, it's never, it, it, it wasn't said or anything. I was just like, you know, it just, I was just trying to figure out why, why he yeah, didn't, I didn't get sucked I didn't, into there. I didn't get any, anything about the medallion being like imbued with magical powers or anything like that. They just said it was like the seal of the queen. It's a protectant, though. Like a certain ring. Protection kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, okay. You know, so it, no, it, something. It, no, it was a. I thought it was like a protectant, and then like you know, and then and then he uses it yeah. on the end uh, to actually call you know to to call upon the ivory tower. That's what crazy oh, uh, early Cleon forehead guy. I thought the, the medallion. Saying. I thought the medallion was just <laughs> so that everyone he met would realize that he was coming with the blessing of the empress, and that they had you know like they would help him out, which I thought oh, was right. really like funny the, because the like next. The, Right, but I thought it was funny because the next person he encounters is like, I don't care. <laughs> oh well, yeah, man. Yep. Well, no, you know, yep. nothing matters. But like, it's it's, it's like he's the hand <laughs> of the king. Right. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. See, so, so you brought up the the, the early Klingon guy who's like, you know, tells every all the characters from Doctor Who that, uh, you know, um, <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> that, you know, the Empress. Those, is those sick. characters are cool, though, man. Those characters. No, they're are amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. But I I challenge I mean, everybody with like four faces. Heck yeah! Oh, it's that was amazing. A but I cha- scene. but I, I challenge everybody to go back and watch that scene again. But this time, put on headphones and and listen to that scene on headphones because the foley artists had lost their fucking mind, and it sounds like uh, someone trying to tap dance behind the entire scene because they they've got this like shuffling feet sound, and it's it's just like oh yeah yeah I know what you're talking about. It's so odd and like eerie, weird, and just doesn't really fit. And it's just it, like I would when I watched so it again you, today. 
uh, on the TV, like through the surround sound, it, it sounded fine. But like on headphones, man. I was, was going to say, did you watch it in surround sound? Because I watched it in surround sound and the shuffling feed is coming from the rear channel. So it's, it feels like you're in the crowd. So it, it yeah. makes sense orally from that standpoint. I get it. But like it, it, it's really weird listening to it, uh, listening to the mix in headphones. Yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes stereo down mixes don't quite translate the way they're intended. Maybe the tri-face guy also has like tri-legs. <laughs> And they're, they're he's like he's like that. he's like skittering. That's, that's yeah, not he's like leg. skittering around. <laughs> no, I'm a tribe. I'm an actual tripod. I, I'm not being cute here. It's not a pun. Do, do you see the three fun sides of my face? I'm not. This is not a joke. I love that scene though with all of the costumes and all of the faces and the giant puppets. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that and yeah. the way it opens up with the two. Um, I don't know if those are eyes or if they're just holes. But when you, the hand like comes through and like it's this like long look at these long black fingers uh and you just it just peeks through and you just see this like creepy long hand come through it's so cool it sets up the whole scene and like honestly for me that scene is like i would be happy if i just looked at that scene the whole movie i think that was outstanding yeah that that's one thing i really know like i guess jim henson's like known for like all the muppets and like the set design and everything yeah. But I thought this movie just fucking looked better than The Labyrinth did. I just thought it put it to shame. And this is like, what was this, 84? Yeah, it was 84. Man, like, well, Labyrinth was like 86, 87? 86? So it's it's like two years later. What's going on, Jim Henson? You letting this German guy beat you? <laughs> All that stuff had, had the Jim Henson feel to it. This just like... No, I think it benefited from being a foreign film as far as like the way that it looks, like this the style of it. Yeah, it felt more mature, more grown up, whereas the other yeah. two films that we watched were definitely more child. I mean, this is obviously for children, but the whole production design felt like it was done on a much grander, more mature scale. Yeah, like even that swamp of sadness. When we were talking, uh, what was the uh, the bog of internal stench like from Labyrinth? Yeah. Just like comparing those two sets, this this looked a There's million no times them. better. <laughs> like just the other one looks like a set. That one, you know, this one looks a little setty, but like it 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 feels really good. Like it, it you feel the weight of it. Like you know, he they're actually struggling to get through these you know these things. It is super impressive. I I, I was those impressed. poor camera guys. <laughs> I was, I was like watching how the fuck were they shooting this stuff? Because th- th- like this guy loves to do these like push in moves and like and apparently he he was known for like making all these actors do like, you know, 20, 30, 40 takes, you know, of stuff uh, on this film. Just to and get like little details or, or to get yeah, better. Yeah, and, yeah. Or just to get and also try to get better things. But like there, there's just like when, when we very first push in. Uh, when Bastion goes up into the attic and he and he goes up and he stands in the giant beam of light, he's just perfectly like framed himself there, and he goes over and he drags over the the pad off the floor. Oh and he yeah, goes yeah. And plops down on it and he sits down and he opens up the book. We were sitting in like a like a medium shot. We're like knees to head, right? And then the camera pushes in all the way up to his eyes, and then it just slowly like just it just keeps going and going and going and going and going, and that fucking focus is doesn't miss a beat. It is nail. It is like tack sharp the entire time. I was like, how many takes did that take? You know. <laughs> Right. It is super, for him super to land impressive. Perfectly framed every time, and for the focus. Yeah, and to stay. and have that kid. Yeah. I mean, how how old were these kids? And they had that kid emoting the way he was doing. 
I'm telling you, man, like it, it, there's there's some mastery in a lot of these that that you didn't get in, um, you know, Labyrinth. Yeah, there, there's there's some there's some filmmaking going on in this one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and these are like well, a lot of kids. This is their first time acting on screen too. So, man, this just makes me fucking hate Labyrinth more. <laughs> <laughs> like this is ex- like I, watching this movie. I was just like, oh my god. Oh look, it, it took it took us three fucking films in this month to get here. But here is a fantasy story for kids that as an adult I can watch and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, no and, doubt. And yeah. It, it just feels good, even though it. It does kind of feel like a Pink Floyd acid trip sometimes. How it jumps around. Sometimes. It's just nothing crazy wrong with crap, that, Brian. But, <laughs> you nothing know. wrong with that. I don't, yeah, I don't see the problem with that. I think it's it's brilliant. I mean, honestly, I, I feel yeah. like it should, it could be, like, if you want to call it an acid trip, like, let's, let's liven it up a little bit. Because, honestly, I felt like <laughs> the pacing was still pretty slow, even though they cut out it is a really chunk. Slow. I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I should really be enjoying this because there's so much about this to like. But at the same time, I was kind of bored through this. It was so slow. Really? So, yeah, you're right. There I are felt times. That. The first time I, I watched that, I didn't, I didn't really quite get that, but it was brand new to me. The second time, I was like, how long is this movie? It's an hour and 18 minutes? It feels like no, no, no. two. It, it's an hour and 36 minutes or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's an hour and 30-something. Okay. Maybe it was an hour and 18 and left in it that I was looking at it. That's, wow. That makes a lot you're more like, sense. You're like, I was like, you're like you know, our text, so our text just died, and you're like, <laughs> fuck this movie. No, because How long even... is this? It took us... <laughs> What's the first scene in Fantasia? So I was watching it, and then the first scene in Fantasia happens with all the little rock people, and I was like so bored and tuned out. And then I was like, wait a minute. Let me rewind this, because I have no I idea yeah, what they're talking about, and because I'm sure what they're saying is really important. No, it's not. <laughs> Right. That's the crazy thing. It's just well, they're like, setting no, it, up. It, they're setting up the nothing. Well, right. There's, exactly. Yeah, but you're, you're going to get plenty of that. Don't worry. They're, they're going to they're going to set that up so many <laughs> times in this film. It's ridiculous. It's like, hey, well, kids. that would be that would be something. This is nothing. This is a whole movie about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So so there's no bad guy. No, there's a bad guy. It's oh, nothing. Yeah. Oh, they had you wait, know they had wait, the wolf too. Yeah. Wait. So wait. It's nothing. <laughs> I just love that struggle so, to like articulate. Oh, it's nothingness. I love all the photography of the nothing. They do these like you know shots of of, of like set pieces and stuff uh, were getting blown over, but they like warp the frame. Where yeah. it's like stretched out. And I don't know why they're doing that. And but all then those even like, like very hard- Evil Dead. Yeah, but then the whole opening like title sequence of the movie with this like super poppy catchy ass song that stick that digs into your brain forever yeah, that you remember for 30 fucking years. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, but that's laid over all, all these like images of the nothing, you know, it's not the, the nothing it, actually. Like, that's the, that's the effects surrounding the nothing. What? It's some <laughs> leftover cloud footage that they shot. They didn't use. And they were like, Hey, we need to jazz up this fucking open for American audiences, baby. Black and white so, credits. ain't cutting it. That was cool, man. Like, how, how did they shoot that stuff? Did anybody watch any behind the scenes? Did they show how they did some of this? It's ink dropped into a, a fish tank with a camera on the bottom. Super dope looking. That's that's badass, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's how they, uh, you know, like that's how they did all the uh, like the close encounters of the third kind, where like the fucking uh, what, what's, what's yeah, the it's other the water one? tank shooting. But is uh, I know they did a lot of that in Tree of Life, but like how um, poltergeist? That's what it is was. that what they. 
is that what they did for the the first time we see Falcor, where like you know uh, Atreus pretty much dead, and then you see this like he looks up to the sky, and then like you've got this red orangey clouds to the frame right, and then he kind of bursts out of there. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, I don't know how they the, did the light. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I don't know how they did the light. I was gonna say I thought it was really cool how they showed like yeah your horse died, but here's a dragon kind of thing. <laughs> yep yep. see kids if you uh if you express your emotions and you allow yourself to feel them better things are coming right you might get a door door closes closes another door exactly you and so that's again why you shouldn't stay in the what is it? The depra- oh, I forgot already. The- in the pit of despair. Oh, sorry, that's next despair. week. Um, oh, yes. shadow, whatever, <laughs> whatever the thing the, is. Swamp, the bog of, of sadness. Bog of sorrow. Bog of sorrow. <laughs> the swamp of sadness. You're making. God damn it! We're all around it. <laughs> the pit of despair. Don't stay Did- there. Wherever it is, don't stay there because you can get a dragon. Okay. And that's I right. That's it. right. Yeah. It's a great lesson. Dragon. A dog dragon. That'd be quite Did, lucky to have happen. Else- like I, I always thought Falcor was so fucking cool, man, as a kid, and like I've always wanted to ride Falcor. I mean, that's kind of like every, every kid's fantasy. But this time around, Falcor's a little creepy. I, I never really realized that Falcor's a little creepy. He's he like, was always hey, kid, creepy, dude. I never got that though. I never got that though. Like he's like he's like he's like you talk in your sleep, wink. Like you know, what was that wink about? Like, dude, that's what? all. Was that wink there? He's like, well, every other, every third sentence, I have to throw a wink in at the end. And he, he's all smooth because he can't do he's finger like, guns hey. at the same time. He's just got the wink. <laughs> he's very limited. Yeah. Didn't the head the head weigh like two hundred pounds or something? So they can't move him very yeah. much. Okay, so like. Someone had that wink going, and they were like, "Let's use it. We're gonna put the, that in the every scene." The guy that scene. was supposed to hit the right, the right eyelid that was supposed, <laughs> to, supposed, to, be, to, supposed to be a blink, but then turned into a wink. And they're like, "Yeah, we'll just go with it. It's I, fine." I think it's funny how how actually like uh, you know how spry Falcor is. He he can fly and flip around and and you know do all this shit. But when you see him like landed, I guess he's just run out of batteries. He can't really move much. He's just like. I'm just going to sit here and twitch, Treyu. <laughs> can, can you scratch my ear? I can't even reach up there. He's a dragon, bro. He gets around by flying, you know? He's either in the ground or like he's like a beached whale, you know? It's a whale out of you know, water. Right? Yeah. I have to say uh, I'm slightly disappointed because when I was a kid, and I don't really remember this movie, but I remember a couple of scenes, so I must have seen it at some point. But I, well, I always thought he was a dog when I was a kid, and I hated him because that's not what dogs look like. It's creepy. You can't ride a dog. Like, nothing about <laughs> this made sense. As I'm watching it now, I'm like, no, wait. They said he's a dragon, and I'm kind of still upset at this because... That's not what dra- I don't think dragons look like like this weird dog hybrid thing. <laughs> and also, I'm thinking about all of the Chinese New Year parade dragons oh, yes. For real. that are yeah, like yeah, not no 200 yeah. pounds. And I'm like, if they can do that, like, why can't you do this? Like, I don't think those dragons are new. I don't think those papers like fur dragons are new technology. Like, you could have done something like that for this movie and it would have been way cooler than this weird, creepy dragon dog things. And yes, I read, apparently, he is beloved by all. Sorry. So it's still creepy. Everybody loves Falcor. Everybody wants to ride on Falcor. And, you know, he's a luck dragon. He he can help you. Well, for some reason in my brain, I thought he was the one that was doling out the wishes. But it's actually the, you know, the grain of, of sand that has the power. 
Do you think it's right. the, the grain of sand that has the power, or do you think he had the power all along, like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz? And oh, shit. You know? Yeah. And he could have just it's wished. the ruby slippers. Yeah. No, right. it's definitely not. Because I don't think the grain of sand would do anything. I think he just needs something to believe in because he can't even say a name. I got so mad at that scene. I couldn't cry at that because I was like, just say it. Who cares if this is real or not? Like, you think it's yourself. real. Yeah, like no <laughs> one's in the, to the room window. with you. <laughs> he goes to the window and he's like, Brenda. Yeah, he still, he can't even just say it. He has to like be all dramatic about it and go like open the window and it's raining and still he's like let me take a moment and i'm like dude people are dying here just say the freaking name i don't yeah, want to admit it's, my it's mom's so crazy. name's moonchild <laughs> yeah but it, that could be it but also he <laughs> he, he throws in that it could be it, but like he 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 throws in that like whole thing. He's like, you know, I can't. I gotta keep my feet grounded because right. Dad just had this conversation with me yesterday, and I've got to make this happen. Like that was like, wow. It's a little <laughs> heavy-handed. I feel yeah, like... a little heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I That's like... exactly what I was getting. At. I feel yeah. like uh, I don't know. When my parents tell me I can't do something, I have the tendency to do the exact opposite. Still to this day, I have the tendency to do the exact opposite. And so again, I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why do you want to impress this man who can't even sit here and look at your doodles? And he tells you he like you can't cry about your dead mom. Like, what are you doing? Like, grow up and like have some imagination. Like, that's my thing is like they equate equate in this movie growing up with the nothingness and losing your imagination. But if anything, you should have your own autonomy when you grow up. You should be able to do what you want. You shouldn't be listening to pricks like that. So, like, what's the problem? I, don't, I, don't I mean, I know he's eight, so, like, I'll cut him some slack, but, like, he needs to learn at some point. <laughs> Put away your childish things, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't care if your mom just did die. Damn. I mean, it was my wife. I'm getting over it. You see me over here making orange juice and egg? Drink? Okay, I actually, Ooh. hold on. I actually felt really bad for the dad because clearly he's <laughs> upset that his wife just died and he now has this kid that he doesn't know what to do with and he doesn't know, what, you know, he's still, he can't like properly grieve because he feels like he has to take care. I mean, I'm assuming that's what's going on and he's not like a dick. Know. It could just, he could just be a dick. I like to think that he just... <laughs> Doesn't know what to do because his wife just died. Like, I wouldn't be a good parent either, probably. That's why you have relatives and a community, hopefully. It's not just you. I felt, uh, yeah, I felt kind of bad for that. Oh, man. Major dad. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. That is major dad. You didn't know that? That's totally major dad. I know. I didn't uh, I didn't put that together till right now. Mm. Uh. Did you guys ever see the TV show Major Dad? No. He's a major and he's a dad. But oh, he's like that makes he's, so he's much more major. sense. Is now. he also a widower? He, I don't think so. Maybe I know. I know. I know he's got a young daughter in it. I think maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm crossing it in my head. Who knows? It was a TV show back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Uh, I'm stumbling, Brian. Is it? Is it? It's, is it time? It is break time. All right. On that note, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play the trailer for the never-ending story. Hopefully, the trailer is not never-ending, and we'll be back. What is the secret of this enchanted book? What wonders are hidden within its pages? What magical spell does it cast on all who read it? What is the secret of the never-ending story? But that's impossible!
enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous, and dazzling, unforgettable, and free. For anyone who's ever made a wish, believed in a fantasy, or had a dream, this is the never-ending story. All right, we're back. That was the trailer for the never-ending story. What'd you guys think of that trailer? It had a German version of the book in that shot. Yeah, what was up with that? That was crazy. So is there like a different version of this film? Yeah, we already talked about this. (laughs) It's almost like it was made Wait. in Germany or something. No, 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 no. But I know that they they like did different shots like that. Apparently wow. they did. They had a bilingual cover. They were just like, you know, we got a cover for every country. No, I'm just kidding. I think it was just Germany. And- <laughs> yeah, just for Germany would make sense for sure. <laughs> in English. Not elves. They were uh, gnomes. Gnomes, apparently. It was not, something. Not elves, not <laughs> I mean, dwarves. I mean, they're they're, they're kind of like... <laughs> I like their relationship, you know, like they're just like constantly the the man and the and the and the, the husband and wife are always constantly like, you know, like trying to one up each other. It's my turn. Well, it's my turn. I will, I'm going to do this and it's always constantly fighting. They are nice. Are they are but... they husband and wife? I was really confused cuz he keeps calling her a wench and ordering her around and I was like, is this his <laughs> wife or is this his slave? Like I'm very confused here and I guess, you know, it could be both. I don't I don't know. I about died <laughs> laughing, but he's like, quick, get to the uh, winch. <laughs> winch? Witch. <laughs> it was so get great. to the witch, wench. Oh, man, it was great. It did kind of remind me of the Princess Bride, though, like the Billy Crystal. Uh, oh, totally. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's exactly where my brain went as well. I got a lot of that in this movie. Like, oh, yeah, this, this reminds me of this other fantasy film. and Breaking Grounds, man. Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, Wizard of Oz in this. We didn't talk about the budget. Uh, it's it was twenty seven million. Apparently, the biggest budget to come out of uh, Germany at the time, or something like that. I think it was the uh, the biggest budget outside of the United States and Russia. Oh, jeez, yeah, yeah, right, even even yeah. bigger. Um, it made a hundred million worldwide, but this was not a big hit in the United States. It only made twenty million. Really? Yeah, opened up uh, opening well, weekend was only four point three million. So not a hit. Well, why did I see it like fifty thousand times as a kid? VHS. Yeah, I mean, if, I even saw it at some point as a kid, so it had to have been around somehow for me to have seen it. Didn't yeah. it live on cable like some of those other films where it played like fifty times a year or something like that? I don't remember I didn't this have one cable on TV as a kid. A I just remember my friends always watching this movie and talking about it. I remember. Yeah. Actually, oh, this has nothing to do with the budget. Sorry. I just remember this is the reason <laughs> I saw it was because uh, I read a lot of books as a kid. And so someone was like, you'll like this because it's about it's about a book. It's like there's books. And and it was called The NeverEnding Story. And so I was like, great. It's a, this movie's never going to end. And it's just going to keep going forever <laughs> and ever. <laughs> and I was so upset because like it ended, obviously. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Why is this called a never-ending story when it's only an hour and a half long? There's clearly an end. You guys lied in the title. 
after you I watched mean, it, you went into your own personal <laughs> swamp of sorrow. <laughs> As an adult, I can appreciate that like the story continues on and there are bigger themes here and blah, blah, blah. But as a kid, I was pissed because I wanted it to keep going. <laughs> well, there's two other films, apparently. So, Oh, well, my I didn't gosh. see those. I heard they were terrible. They didn't even have any of the original cast. Well, it's because they all aged the, out the like two with- days after they... Wrapped shooting. <laughs> well, <laughs> the uh, the one with Jonathan Brandis, I remember. I haven't seen it in probably ten years, but I, I remember it being you know watchable. I've definitely not seen the one with Jack Black. Jack Black is in one of these. What? You guys didn't watch, you guys didn't watch the sequel? Uh, it was on. It's on Netflix. Um, I mean, I made it like forty five minutes in. It was so god really bad. Just yeah. because it's on Netflix doesn't mean that it needs that is, to be watched. You know, you right. know, he's just saying he's saying it's it's accessible. You could just get to it. <laughs> it was there. You know, <laughs> Netflix was like, Look, yeah. you just watched this. Of course, you want to watch this shitty sequel. Of course. <laughs> you know, this story actually does. I'm going end. to watch it. I'm going to watch this the sequel, and then I'm going to watch the Jack Black one just because I've invested this time already and whatever. And I love the song so much. I hope they bring it back. Um, oh, man. I don't know, dude. The poster for the third one looks bad. It's going to have to have at least some redeemable quality to it. And it, it, as long as I get one chuckle out of it, you know, I'll, I'll make it fun for myself. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> make it a drinking game. Every time they cut to yeah, the kid yeah. to announce, <gasps> it's that person. Any any time the Orin is on screen, you take there a shot. Is, there it is. You know. <laughs> Apparently, Steven Spielberg has the original Orin sitting in a glass case in his office. Oh no way! Yeah, and How I did totally one hundred percent believe that. I don't know, but he, he that sounds like he, something Steven that was his Spielberg payment for editing the film. Probably like yeah. for like for giving them notes. He's like, I want the Orin. We're like done. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> that's very Spielbergian. It looks kind of big. Doesn't it look huge on his chest? In his like this, it's, this child's It's sort of like they did the, the Lord of the film. Rings thing, where they have like the giant <laughs> size one for the close-ups, and then they have the smaller one for the wide shots. And yeah. So it just it physically changed. I don't know. Actually, that's bullshit. <laughs> that is a really interesting design for sure. There's a lot of good like production design in this film. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, that honestly, the costumes. <laughs> honest. Well, yeah, I think the costumes are outstanding. I think the whole like, I mean, I would just put this thing on mute and leave it on in the background just to watch it. Um, I think the whole thing is stunning. Yeah, there's some really great landscapes and, and then all the sets that they're on. I mean, not even just the, the sad swamp land with all the cool trees that he climbs on. Oh, yeah, man, the ivory tower like, is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, it is. Every yeah. time they cut to that, yeah. I'm just like, fuck, that's so cool. Yeah, like the wide and I love shots. Every time it top. pops, when it pops into frame, that, that particular like music comes on, and it's yep. so like, yeah, we are at the ivory oh, so tower. Good, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's so epic. Yeah, it's so epic, and like they make it look grand, and they, they like they, they shoot it. They do that one shot where they shoot it from below, and then they kind of go up, and then you see the spire at the top. You know, they, yeah, they man. really they really do a good job of like showcasing how badass the ivory tower is. I completely agree. I think even I mean even where did they film this in like Toronto and Germany? It was, in, it, was it was in Vancouver and Vancouver. Um, and in Germany. I mean, even the the scene set in Vancouver looked really cool. I was like, "Where is that? Yeah, have I been there before? <laughs> Wait, where the, are the they?" The bookshop, 
<laughs> the bookshop yeah. looks great. Like e- even Bastion's home looks pretty decent. But like yeah. in, in the how badass is that attic? You know where, where he's yeah, hanging out sure. with the giant window and like all these crazy props everywhere. And I mean it's it everything looks great. It really like sets you in in a very lived in world. Yeah. yeah, the attic's a little over the top, but I like the juxtaposition between um, like the dreary classrooms and you know you don't really get that long in there. He just kind of walks in, and then like when he's up in the attic, it. It, it's already like he's in a fantasy land just reading the book there. Right. Well, I kind of like that. I mean, the attic yeah. in the house, you know, it's this this room that's closed away, but it's so cool. And it is, it is. yeah, he's like, it's like this shut off space in his brain that he's learning to use again. How weird is it that he doesn't, like, go home? I was just going like, to say that. <laughs> yeah, Can I tell you? Attic. I don't find that no. weird. <laughs> the parents not knowing. Look, I appreciate it because there are so many movies where these kids go on adventures because they have shitty parents. And, like, at the end, they're all like, man, I really want to go home to my shitty parents because I really want them to neglect me tonight. And I'm just like, why don't you just stay there where all these people love you? Like, I I always get very confused (laughs) in movies. So in this one where he's like, yeah, Fantasia rocks. I'm going to stay here. I'm like, good for you, Bastion. (laughs) I mean, he's even smart about it. Like, he starts eating and he's like, no. This is going to be a long mm. time. I got to save the food. You got to save. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, all right. Somebody really thought this through. That's a good moment, too. I like that. It is. It yeah. is. I, I was just thinking about, like, when I'm watching that scene where it cuts back and forth, you know, like, uh, Artax wakes up um, Atreyu, and he's like, hey, bitch, it's time to eat. And he's like, yeah, are you hungry? And then, like, you know, and then Bastion's like, what a great idea. And then it cuts back to... Like Atreyu's land next to like a little creek, and and he's like eating some shit and feeding that to Artax, and they're having a little bondy moment, you know. But I'm sitting looking at it like, whoa, look at all this fucking set design with them like having this little stream running. This is obviously on a set. It looks like you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like like they built all this just for this one little scene of of them eating. It's just that just the amount of time and everything going into just just create that because it was so perfect like the way that the the light was hitting the water and everything so it very picturesque and very fantasy i completely agree and i want to actually bring it back to costumes for a second because in the first two movies that we watched this month in labyrinth and whatever the other one was um (laughs) the goonies oh the goonies the goonies was good actually but especially in labyrinth especially in labyrinth it's like they put so much thought and care into production design that the costumes were just such an afterthought and in this one it was like they put the same level of care and money into the costumes and so the whole thing is just so complete every single time you're looking on screen everything is just beautiful and or creepy or whatever they're trying to go for like it's just gorgeous i absolutely love it and we can bring this back around to the budget since i originally you know got off topic sorry um We've moved on. That's That's what we do, Kristen. Have we? Have we? Well, I want to circle back to the budget because, look, when you take the time to budget out your movie, even when you go, like, it was only supposed to originally be filmed for what, like, three months or something, and they ended up going for like a full year, clearly over budget. But they still took the time and care to make everything look outstanding. They still did like 40 takes for a scene. They still, you know, everything, everything was perfect. It was, I, out, it was just great. I loved it. And so for all of that, all of that care and consideration and the amount of time, I don't, I think it's really cheap, honestly. 
Yeah, they get their bang for their buck and stretch their dollar. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Especially when you compare it to Labyrinth, which was very close to the same budget. And it's like, what the fuck, man? I'm just thinking about that, like, giant creature that came out of the, you know, like, the, the big, whatever the big monster was. The guardian gatekeeper in the Labyrinth. And then the, you... What, no, okay. And then you have this giant rock yeah. biter in this film. And how those two things are handled, how it's shot... Like, the scale and scope, it just feels so much bigger. Dude, yeah. when it rolls yeah. up on the camp of people and you see the scale, the scale of how big... It, it, he doesn't feel that huge for the rest of the film, but that very first time that we meet him where he rolls up on the camp and you see how big his, his, his big wheel is compared to everybody else, it, the scale is impressive. Well, it's such a fun, ominous way to start the film where you have this, like, a... Oh, okay. This is this is the thing that's destroying everything. Cool. They're introducing the bad guy first. This is the villain, and and then it's not, and it just immediately subverts like your fantasy expectations. And I think that's kind of one of the fun things about starting with those those three characters that otherwise feel random. Is that it for me? It just it it sets the tone of the movie. You're like, this is what you're expecting it to be, and it's totally not going to be that. And then they spend the rest of the film doing exactly that. Yeah, even that giant turtle. Um... I forget. I forget what her character name is. Where she's like, it's a split personality. Oh yeah, we and like, man, just like that shot, the giant wide shot where the the turtle is talking to Atreyu, and we got the back, his back, right in the giant wide shot with the tree. Like you can see a little bit oh, of the map, but man, it looks so fucking good. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. The, the really profile cool. or the one where you're looking right into the turtle's face? The, the overshot. Yeah, the one where you're looking right into the turtle's face and you can see Dude, the that, back. Yeah, that shot, the first time they cut to that, it's like, wow. Like, you just look yeah. at that. It, it's just so, you're, you're taking in all this detail. Like, like just looking at that, like, they do this thing with all the puppets in this movie that they all have, like, all these creatures, they all have these big eyes. But... You know the blinks don't look too great. They still feel a little mechanical, but but there's these things that they're doing with the eyes where yeah. the the eyelids slightly close, like they just kind of they're, they're they're a little bit expressive that way, and it just sells so much, especially on the turtle, like mm-hmm. like that the whole the whole turtle head is just is just perfect, and it it's, <laughs> it's so awesome. It's just so fucking awesome. The sneeze, like how they get that the, the turtle. Like, oh yeah, like the, it's uh, it and the eyes, and the, they both the eyes all roll around. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. That, yeah, it's just nice touches like that, man. It's awesome. Oh, oh, it was so. Lovely. And I love them flinging that little kid around. You know, they're they're slamming him into the ground. You know, like twice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like once you can you can kind of understand. All right, that was a good little like thing. But then they throw him down a second time. You're like, no, they're they're doing this to him. When, All right. Yeah. When All he right. starts getting sucked up by the uh, the nothing, they actually built a fucking gimbal set. That's how they got those shots where the little kid is like he's holding onto the tree, and he's it, like, "Oh, he was wondering how they did that." Yeah. Oh, like, so they flipped the whole set up, and so he's he's falling straight. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty. Did dope. you know that he he almost got killed twice making this film? <laughs> I heard that what Noah well. Hathaway? Yeah. Like like when when, when the horse Ooh. was uh, going down the elevator, he, he he got caught in it and like drug him underwater and like he like mm-hmm. blacked out. They had to go down and like pull him out. Holy shit. And then uh and then at the end uh when the uh big giant wolf thing like jumps at him and they cut to that close up of, of it laying on top of him, that's the only take they got of that because uh the the rig fucked up and it like it like cut his face up and shit and like it, it hurt him. And uh like even Whoa. till to today he still says that he's got back problems and shit, and he he's still crippled from making this film. 
Yeah, it's pretty intense. This Wolfgang why... Peterson was like, get out there and do it again. Is this movie the reason why we have child labor laws? In place? <laughs> probably. That's probably why they shot no, it in Germany. It's okay. We don't yeah. have to adhere to those. This wasn't made in America. It's all right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's different, bro. Child labor laws are ruining we, this we, ma- we make our 10-year-old kids get out there and <laughs> we just throw them around. They're, e- they're easier to launch a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> I, I do like that you know I keep going back to that one scene uh, you know with the Klingon fella but he, I, I, I like when, when he calls on a Treyu and Treyu walks up and he's like we're not talking I don't want a Treyu the child I want a Treyu the warrior <laughs> the kid's like piss off dude I'm gonna go back he's like, hunting the buffalo the purple like, buffalo you bro you called me all do the way here you know how long you know how long it took me to get here dude I went back and looked at that scene because the way the way I don't know the way it's filmed. It's kind of like he's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna we need this person, and it's like you're gonna send for him, and then he shows up. But Atreus not in any of the wide shots. Before. No, he just kind of appears out of the crowd. Yeah, no, it's it's like he it's like he just showed up just in the nick of time. Yeah, that's, is that that's what they were I, trying I to do it as well? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think he's just getting there. It was, yeah, it he's was like, like announcing he what they're about to do, and then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> Star hey, Trek." I just got like <laughs> a lot of talk show vibes, where like the guest is behind a door, and then they're like, "Look mm. who we've got!" And a door opens, and he comes like walking <laughs> into the theatrics crowd. to it. And so yeah, 100%. like I, I mean, yeah. look at that crowd. You don't think those people are going to enjoy some theatrics? Like they don't want him mingling. <laughs> They want a big reveal. I mean, Tricorder Face would have seen that guy coming from any direction. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You guys got anything else? You didn't talk about the editing, Brian. Well, I mean, you guys didn't didn't care much for the, uh, the pacing there. So, you know, I think you guys are crazy, I though. I, I, I think this movie flows like a really? motherfucker, man. Oh, no. It's, it's like a nice glass of water it just flows right down my throat hey, didn't you also yeah, describe I, it as a trippy experience like, oh no it, it like totally is trippy it's, it's a bunch of vignettes yeah it's like the characters just appear out of nowhere and it does have some like tr- just weird trippy things it's just got these moments that are are put together it's not it's part of like the whole framing device of like the, the story within a story so yeah it gets but super it, meta when it goes to that part but there's just yeah. moments like like right after the right uh, the white ivory tower scene, right? Like we get a tr- introduced to a Treyu, he's gonna go on his quest, and then it's like all of a sudden I'm on a horse, and we're pumping the dun dun dun, mu- the music's going by, and we get these montage shots, and then we cut out, and then the, the boy's reading the book, and he's like, yeah. This is awesome. And then we go back, and he's like, oh, I'm going to wake up and have a sandwich uh, lunchtime with a horse. It's just kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Well, they, they, they got to they gotta give you one bonding moment with that horse that you at least care a little bit about him when he goes down in the yeah. fucking, <laughs> in the sorrow swamp. Save the cat, man. Yeah. You got to do something. Yeah. One of the things that I really liked was at the end, or towards the end, when Atreyu, I don't know what he's doing because... It, whatever he's like walks into the, he's looking for like that weird like dog animal thing that he has to fight and he walks <laughs> into that space and <laughs> like, but then he sees his journey on the walls and he realizes that like this isn't a new story that he's done this all before 
Bastion's doing this with him. Bastion is a, you know, has his own very similar thing. And it's all, and we are watching it and we're all doing this with him. And that's why the story is never ending is because it just continues on and on and on. And what I really liked about it, and I'm pretty sure this isn't the point, but I don't care. Uh, what I really liked about it is that it brought me back to the turtle at the beginning who's sitting there and it's just like, I don't care that everything's going to collapse. Like, I'm not going to panic because it's just going to keep going. There's always going to be something that propels you forward and it's just going to keep going. And that's really what makes it the never ending story. And I think there's something so peaceful and also slightly depressing about the turtle who's just like checked out and is like, look, it's everything's going to be fine and if not hey we'll all die but like probably not because we've been i've been here we've been here for you know the implication was millions of years forever right yeah and so i i thought that was really interesting and and i get that the point is to like i don't know like ride around with your horse and like scare the people in vancouver with your giant flying dragon but like <laughs> the point is he didn't you know like none of you know it it's gonna it's all gonna keep going life finds a way wow look you, at that this is very, you, very dr malcolm of you <laughs> <laughs> you bringing up the uh the, the um paintings on the wall of, of atreyu's journey made me think about this thing like the second time i watched it like when we very first meet atreyu and it cuts back to bastion or, or like we, they bring up atreyu it, it cuts to bastion and he's kind of sits there for a second and then he like looks around and he goes over and, and he's got like a lunch box or something and it's got it's got like a Native American on it. Yeah. And he goes he goes he goes, Atreyu. Is that him creating the look of Atreyu mm. because, with something that he already has there? Or was Atreyu already that character uh, in the Neverending Storybook? I think that it was already the character because on the back it's I think it's the backpack, the backpack. and it's the Native American yeah. hunting the buffalo, and he so he looks at it, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. it cuts back to the scene. And Atreyu's like, "If you don't want me here, I'll go back to hunting buffalo." So, I think I think he's it's it's like it's it's like he, he just hears of Atreyu, and then he pauses and has this really weird moment, and he and he sees he sees the backpack or whatever, and then he says, "Atreyu." I was just that that's such an odd little. Scene. It was a it was a connecting moment where you're like. He's he's realizing, oh, this is this is something this is not something brand new to me. This is something that I've had some interaction, some experience with before. Like, oh, this sounds just like that thing that I look at every day on my backpack, and then he pulls it up and it is. It's, I do it's, like it's that. It's just another way for him to connect with it. Right. Yeah, I think it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a deja vu moment yeah. where he's like, Oh, I recognize this, even though it's not like I don't think he would have told you that was a tray on his backpack necessarily i think it was like a deja vu moment where he's like i know this character i identify with this character i well, like this character I, I was saying that it could possibly be that you know he's reading and then he thinks of you know he's reading this character and then he he thinks of you know the native american guy on his thing and then he basically creates that for what? the story yeah it's like when you're reading a book and, yeah. and somebody says something in a book and you're like oh my and you god picture, and, and you picture you an picture actor, what they right? look like yeah yeah it definitely that, like, that's oh. what i was thinking it could be it, yeah, no, he's, I, I, he's I definitely you. finding a way to to like okay this is how i'm going to picture it but they hit bef before they go to that shot they describe him as the warrior who hunts the purple buffalo so that was already laid right. out before he so that was why he went to get the backpack that's what inspired that yeah, I never thought of that before though. That yeah, 
that that is a good observation. I because yeah, I I do that a lot reading. Where you know, like a character will say something, and you're just like, okay, I have got this cast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can pull In this out mind. of it. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 noticed, I have the image of what I'm looking for. Yeah. I noticed that uh, the first time I watched, or the most recent time that I watched it, I guess, because when he pulls out his backpack to compare the Atreyu in the story to the backpack, I was like, wait a minute, is Atreyu supposed to be Native American? Because I don't think that's what's happening here. Because I don't think that actor is Native. And I no. the costuming isn't overtly Native. It's just more like a general... You know, I like to hunt things kind of outfit. He, 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 he shows up with a bow and arrow, and he was riding a horse. And he, he <laughs> He's a bow and arrow. A little, a little That's okay, but I feel like, look, I mean, I got He's the... Got long black hair. Sh- He's a little tan. Yeah, it looks like a fake orange tan, and his hair is kind of short. Yeah. It's it's shoulder length. Like it's It could have been longer. If if they were trying to go for native and um, but I feel like I feel like everyone had a bow and arrow because everyone was obsessed with like the wild west at some point and I don't know I didn't like associate it necessarily. I thought it was definitely inspired by it, like you know it was not an exact but yeah. It's a... sure inspired by yes. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just you're like yeah inspired by mm, sure you fucking morons god I gotta talk to these idiots <sighs> you're recording um, this right so we all we talked about how uh, Bastion gets wishes at the end of the movie why wasn't his first wish to bring back his mom like the way, like we said, oh man, that's kind of dark, bro. Mm. Oh, dude, like Bring dead is dead. That's like and, yeah. no, dead is dead. That's like the number one rule when you're getting wishes. What from... do you mean? What do you mean? They brought back everybody from Fantasia who died. They didn't die. They were absorbed. Did they into die the though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, well, the horse Atrax was dead, bro. Yeah, he was fucking dead. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Maybe his life with his mom wasn't that great either. I mean, she had to be married to his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Too real or not? I know, real I know, enough. I know. We've all seen, I know, we've all seen Pet Cemetery, and things get really weird when they come back. But you know, <laughs> his mom was probably trash. That's why. You know, I mean, her <laughs> name was her name was Moonchild. What would you expect? <laughs> Look, he already mourned her. He's over it. He's got a dragon. He doesn't need her telling him to come to bed. Like, you know, he's got a curfew. Like, he's he's good, okay? Like, he's good. Yeah, but, you know, the more wishes you do, the better Fantasia gets. Maybe that's in the second movie. I don't know. Oh, that is in the second movie. Like, uh, the whole second movie, every time um, the the little boy uh, makes a wish, he loses a memory. What? Yeah, so and that's actually in the book, uh, the Neverending Story. It's like the second part of the book. He goes on, he starts making all these wishes, and he ends up losing his memory, and he kind of forgets the what the real world is. So it sucks you in. That's right, man. It's a dark place. <laughs> okay, I have a question though, because is he living in Fantasia or is he living on Earth or is it like both? Like is Fantasia in his head? In the second one, really? in the second one, he's there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is because if he's not living on Earth anymore, he's a boy. He's not uh, living on Earth at the uh, yeah at the end of this movie. Like he gets well, right. That's what I'm saying. Is 
why does he need to keep all of his memories? Like, obviously, the memories of his mom are important, but like, why does he need to keep all of his memories of like school, for example, like being like beat up by those bullies and thrown in the dumpster? Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. the thing. You know, like he starts losing his like the shitty memories, and it's not an issue. And like, it, it I think it ends up being like he can't remember his name at the end. So it kind of comes full circle. So does someone have to name him? Do they have to find a new yeah. child? No, Atreyu ends up uh, doing all, the, uh, finishing all the stories that the kid sets out from his wishes. He ends up remembering the kid's name. Atreyu does. I think so that's how it ends. What do you guys think of the importance of names, especially in this movie? I mean, they put a lot of importance on them, right? They 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 spotlight them, obviously. Yeah, but they don't really go into why it's important. There's a lot of talk about like, oh, someone from outside of the boundaries of Fantasia has to be the one to name the childlike empress. But they're never like, he's the only one that has the power, or no one else knows her well enough, or they they don't give any reasoning to it. They're just like, it has to be him, unless I completely missed Maybe. it. It's all an elaborate ploy, and they're just trying to help him get over his mom. And so this is all just like a big conspiracy, if you will, but like in a nice way. <laughs> it's an imaginarium conspiracy. Mm. To help him grieve. <laughs> they just don't need cry. a new name. There is no nothing. <laughs> they're all fine. I mean, you saw it at the end. They're all fine. They're all totally fine. <laughs> Listen, kid, just project your shit onto us. We'll take it, and then you'll be fine. Name me and be a god in my world. <laughs> okay, moon child. <laughs> Never-ending story of my life. It is better than the childlike if, if, empress. <clears throat> if, you, if you had to name the childlike empress, what would you name her? Like, if, you, if, you, if, if, you, if they were like, you, they were like, you, but the fucking world is ending. You've got to name her now. What, what, would, you, what would you name her? God damn it, Diane. <laughs> no, I feel like you got to pick the most common name ever. Really? Like Jenny? Yeah. Just, yeah. Mary? <laughs> yeah, Mary. <laughs> Tabitha? Mary? You're not even James, Elizabeth. Jane? You're just the nickname. Those are some seriously I mean, white-centric okay. names you got to throw around. <laughs> Well, what are you what are you throwing in there? Let's, Diane? let's hear yours. I, I, was, I was quoting Pete Holmes. That's that, that's that's my. I don't give a shit. It's what you threw out there. Okay, so <laughs> apparently, a lot of people place importance on name. I am not one of these people, so this is why I'm asking you guys. What you think. Uh, a lot a namer. of <laughs> No, I I don't. I look half the time I can't remember my name let alone everyone else's so like I just it's no not doubt. a thing for me I don't think names are important but a lot of people do a lot of people like rename themselves and I know a lot of people who go by nicknames because they think their name is important and they don't just want anybody to know it so they go by nicknames um when you look at trans people the first thing they do is rename themselves when you look at even the weight uh that your name has when your parents name you uh, I think they went over that in like Freakonomics, the importance of your name. Um, but for the most part, it, when you're renamed, you choose your name. Again, I'm not entirely sure with you. I, I guess because it feels like something to you. And so, yeah, like why this random kid has to come in. It Again, it just seems like this elaborate ploy for him to remember his mom, which is great for him. I just... 
it, I question everything about it. And I, yeah, I'm still, I'm still not entirely sure about this import, the, the importance of renaming her or, or him even in the second one. Well, I, I think in this first movie, it's just trying to make him active so he can still daydream, right? And, and, and grieve and be, uh, I, I don't know, like functioning, you know, like not being so standoffish, you know, not going. I mean, like the kid sees his classroom and he's just like, oh, math, it's a test. Fuck it. Go into the attic to read right away. I mean, it oh, just... no, the math test. Who doesn't do that? Let's zero. <laughs> Man, yeah, fuck math tests. <laughs> why? Come on, man. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you know, just like go easy. in? Look, I was actually like, really good at math. I those yeah, tests right? were super easy. Like, but like in general, I get it. <laughs> if it had been English, class, you know, the funny thing about math, math when, when we were in school, the, the, the teacher was were always they would always say, "You're never, you're not going to walk around with a calculator in your pocket. So you need to learn how to do this." But guess what? Oh, we all have a calculator. Guess what? In our teach. pockets. So, they were math okay, teachers, not futurists, Jared. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just saying, I didn't need to learn that algebra. <laughs> how many how many times do you use algebra in your everyday life? I use algebra all the time as a designer. I'll have you know. I'll also point out that <laughs> even though I was good at math, I always. I mean, I didn't like going to school. I don't know anyone who likes going to school, but I was I was great and I loved learning. But math always had like these are a list of jobs you can do with all of your you know math with your math degree if you learn math. And they were all these boring ass mm. jobs, with the exception of like a NASA scientist or a NASA astronaut. I mean, uh, probably a NASA scientist too. Anyway, clothing designer. 100% have to know math, algebra, and geometry. I use it every fucking day. <laughs> no one said that when you were in school, huh? No one said that. Maybe that would inspire way more people to pay attention in math class. And it would get rid of that dumbass, like, Barbie that's like, oh, math is hard. Girls can't do math. And, like, look, if you want <laughs> to, look, listen, get over you're it. trying to design some clothes. You better know some freaking math. <laughs> Well, because every little girl wants to design clothes. I yep. don't know anyone that doesn't. Jared, you got to know math for uh, fucking pulling focus, man. Really? I think I just like fucking like uh, like my brain just does it for me. Well, look, see, you I know it like so a, a well. Natural knack for it. You don't have to think about it. I, I I don't have to like sit down and write down. You know, like you know, do the quadratic equation <laughs> of like distance to fucking like you know like people stepping forward and backwards as they move. I use more math than like, how many amps can I pull from this location? Like, I'm going to plug in yeah. this light and that I just, light. I just, but... I just plug in somebody, I just plug in shit until stuff pops and then I like, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's not my job. Someone else needs to come do this. <laughs> I'm going back to camera. <laughs> Bring the electricians in. Yeah. Lies, lies, I'm lies. I'm just like... <laughs> I can't even hear this. I'm, I'm just going to go... Just gonna go stand by the camera. Calculating frame rates. All right, let's see. We're trying to shoot in sixty, so it's that two point four, two point five times. Oh man, <laughs> we dealt with a lot of that last week. Oh, so much. Or lens focal length differences. All right, let's see. We've got thirty-five mil, or is it a crop sensor? Is it full frame? What's the angle of perspective here? So much math. You need your math. <laughs> Okay, guys, math is important. <laughs> Fuck, move on. Yeah. <laughs> TSA accomplished. <laughs> math is power. <laughs> power is Fil pizza. Filmmakers support math. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Math Foundation. <laughs> Get out there and kick some Today's math. Today's number. There we go. <laughs> I feel like we've done good in the world now. So. We've done well. Guys, we ready for ratings here. Wait, I no, so. I would like to talk about the score really quickly because... Oh. Um, oh yes. Generally, when I there listen to the songs, we wait that excellent score in this. I know. Every time, like, we always do like that. Music? Oh, what? that's right. There was music, and you're supposed to be the score guy, Brian. <laughs> you know, I I didn't own this one before watching this movie, so but I fixed it. I fixed it. Mm. I heard you playing it earlier. Yeah, I fixed it. Turn around. Okay. Tell me what it, you see. Turn around. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep bringing them back around. <laughs> So I have to say that generally I hate the music on its own, but I feel like when I was watching it, like in the trailer, like I just cringe the whole time. But like when I was watching it, especially <laughs> at the end, when he comes up and he makes his first wish and he's riding the dragon dog thing, like I was like so excited and the music really <laughs> makes that. And I was like amazed at how well, <laughs> again, they make the music fit in with this like beautiful, perfect movie. Because, like, the music on its own is trash, sorry. Oh, come on. Damn, Every time I hear really that, it gets so excited. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there were two composers. There was a German composer, and then most of his stuff was replaced with uh, the guy that came in and did the pop song. Um, Except for the he... German releases, where they only Wait, have the so composer's music. Wait, so is there a German soundtrack as well? That's uh, totally different? Because... Maybe. I could not no. find it, though. Well, so they had the score, and then they had all the pop music, and they were they were done separately by two different people. And the German releases didn't have the pop music; it only had the score. Yeah, like all the synth stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's the stuff for, uh, from America. Okay, and I... that guy was like really big in the synth world. Yeah, apparently. I can't remember his name, but he like he 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 he, he, he did that song. Take my breath away. Blue. I think it was George something. I hate it. <laughs> you Giorgio like Moroder? It's a great fucking song. It's a great fucking song. Marauder? I mean, I'll sing along to it if I'm like drunk and at a party, like totally. <laughs> what? Dancing in slow motion. Oh <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know if Krishna's drunk. If she's singing Take My Breath Away. She's over there singing Take <laughs> My Breath Away. The only way you can tell, honestly. <laughs> Kristen singing synth pop music from the 80s? You've had enough. Yes, cut me off. Oh, she's, she's up there got a whole bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> All right, ratings. Brian, I'm going to give this movie a 10. I, I love this movie. This movie is gorgeous. This movie gives me feels. Um it, it it's a perfect kids movie, man. I, I can't think of a better movie. Like if you if you try to make a list of kids movies, this one's definitely at the top. The music makes me f- have all the feels as well. I I, I get excited <laughs> just e- even here, just e- even hearing it. You know, did you, did you guys know that there is a a punk version what? of the Never Ending Story theme? And it goes Never Ending Story. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my god! And it's like it's like real. It's real fast and upbeat like that. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, we like this this movie, this movie captured a generation, uh, and it like I don't know, man. This is like this is a quintessential film. Touche, sir. Who's next? I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Uh, you always go low. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, I the first time I watched it two years ago, uh, it was really, really fun. 
and all the things worked. Uh, it was a great ride watching it with my kids for the first time. The age that I should have been had I watched it as a kid. Um, watching it a second time, it just didn't quite capture me that much. I was kind of bored. I felt the runtime. It it was kind of dragging. But there's so much great about this film. The production design is outstanding. The costumes are amazing. There's really, really great cinematography. There's some fucking camera moves in this that just just blow my mind. Um, that they start on these super wides and they end in these super tights and it's a single long take and they, you know, they get these kids to do some really great acting moments. And so there's a lot of really, really wonderful things in this film. Um, just it didn't stand up to my rewatching as a 30 something. What did you, <laughs> what did your kids think? They loved it. They haven't watched it again, but they loved it when they watched it the first time. Awesome. Chris, you want to go next or you want to close out? I can go next. All right. All right. Uh, I'm conflicted on this because I think it's absolutely beautiful. I love all of the production design. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And um, I even like what they were doing with the story and how it's about kind of processing your emotions and grief and moving on and enjoying life again. Um, that being said, I mean, I don't really want to sit down and watch it. Um, if I could just mute it and have it on and like watch it yeah. <laughs> without listening to it. Um, I would like that a lot more. I think it would be really cool to have on in the background of a party um, with like good music playing and you can like talk to people and not like sit and watch a bunch of children crying. Um, that would be really great. Vortex! <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, like the horse. I just, I feel like, like if you were like at a party and like you didn't have to sit there and watch the horse die and like, you know, like it's like there's some heavy stuff in it. And so it's not like really enjoyable to listen to it. Again, muted, I think is best. Um, although I'm very intrigued by this German without the pop music um, that's a little bit longer. I'm kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by that now. It sounds a little bit darker. Could be more interesting. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to give it a 6.5. A 6.5. That's harsh. Ouch. But it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Earned the shit of that visuals, six. Visuals alone she's are like, 10. She's like, I slap you, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the visuals are a 10 love it love it love it the, the rest of it though are just, uh, uh. Uh, I think I'm going to give this a 9.5 um, I, I super love this um, I, I don't even remember liking this that much as a kid I always kind of remember making fun of it I really remember this being kind of a dumb movie uh, I didn't look forward to rewatching this um, and then like man about about 30 minutes into the movie I was just I fucking entertained as shit. I was enthralled. I I went back and watched it a second time. I was just like, man, this is this is so good. I'm getting all the feels, and and you know maybe it's the whole story with the in the story mechanic. I really like that. Um, it does remind me a lot of the Princess Bride, and I I like that movie a lot. And I, man, I don't know. I just I think that works well, especially for a children's film. Like getting the the things across, it it, it is a little crazy. Like the whole dog dragon, I don't really know what's up with that. Like it's just there's just a, moments a luck that are dragon, just like, Brian. Yeah, I know. 
And, and I know Wolfgang Peterson's like, <laughs> what? what? Why do they keep calling it the flying dog? And it's like, because it looks like a flying dog, motherfucker. <laughs> Have you seen what a dragon looks like? Yep. Come on. Yep. And he yep. scratches behind yep. his ear. He knows it's a dog. Yeah. I, I, I'm going I'm to take, uh, I'm taking the half point off. For that god awful, horrible scene when the nothing sucks uh, fucking Atreyu off of uh, Falcor and they get separated. And that is yeah. literally like a little boy puppet on top of a fucking Whee! dog puppet. And it, oh man, yeah, the wide <laughs> shots are terrible. Oh my god, they're so bad. Um, outside of that, everything in this movie, it, it's better than anything Jim Henson did in, in Labyrinth. I mean, really, it's 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 kind of incredible. I think there's puppeteers that had not hadn't been working before, and like special effects guys that had not been working with blue screen at this level. It's fucking impressive as shit, man. Hats off to those guys. Nine point five. And on that note, you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to the Movie Crew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew spelled C R E W E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? Brian, the audience can find me on Instagram at Check the Gay, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, or on Apple Podcasts, my other podcast, Torror Stories. And Mike, where can they follow you, good man? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Griggsy Media. That's G R I G G S Y Media. And Kristen, where can the audience see what uh, awesome pictures you have for them this month or week or whatever? Thank you. Yes. All of my pictures are on <laughs> Instagram. I also write some things too there. Um, if you're interested in reading them, that's uh, at Kristen Magdalene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N. What are you going to do for the NeverEnding Story? Okay. So I've, <sighs> look, all right. Rock biter have... is what I'm going for. <laughs> I was thinking she wants to do a Falcor. <laughs> you know, originally I thought that I couldn't do this because um I didn't have anything ugly enough to match the labyrinth and then I realized actually <laughs> uh I have a couple of things that do. I just wasn't inspired, but now I'm kind of feeling it and so I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet, I, but I might do all four movies at once. Oh, and you asked about this specific movie. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I could use take my <laughs> fur coat that I use for the birds and like be the dog or something. <laughs> be the dog. Oh, <laughs> yes. Do it. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to be closing out with the theme song from The NeverEnding Story titled The NeverEnding Story performed by Limaw. Enjoy.